0: There was no rock, do 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 do. Was no rock, do 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 do. Was no rock, do do do. do, do. There was no rock the entire time. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> the biggest swerve of the year. Rich Latter getting me to laugh on Twitter. Just a thing of uh, Can we induct Rocky to the Hall of Fame again? That's an amazing play. <laughs> like, do, do you know what I want? I'm referencing what the week here. Uh, for British people to recognise this bit, but what I really want? What I really want is a whole arena of people just to tell me how great I am, only I'm not there. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, I don't know if I can laugh enough at this. (laughs) I love it so much. I love it so much. (laughs) Anyway, uh, my name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp, and we are live here on Missing Headlines YouTube and later available in podcast form for the Survivor Series Aftershock live immediately following the pay-per-view it, it literally ended like three minutes ago i've got everything set up all ready to go and i'm like okay there's like a certain amount of time i've set it for like 25 to it's all right i've pushed it back every now and then then so, seemingly whoever's going to walk out then he can do a thing at the end they've been building up rocky all night it's, it's, 20, it's his 25th anniversary this entire show is dedicated to the rock they kept showing video packages throughout the night there's references to him throughout the show and had a, the whole thing with Vince McMahon and an egg. Which <laughs> is <just> brilliant. <laughs> Where it's a reference to his film uh, Red Notice, which is currently on Netflix. I've not watched the film. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, is that one of the eggs that I saw on the trailer? Because like, I've seen like one scene teased. It was like, I thought those were there. Clearly I was right. <laughs> it is a reference to it. It's the egg from the film. And they've got a whole bit. The egg goes missing. So, oh well, surely Rocky took the egg, <laughs> or somebody's taken the egg. <laughs> they could do a whole thing. It's going to be a reveal: who took the egg? It's it's not on the show. <laughs> it's not revealed on the show. Tune into Monday Night Raw to find out who took Vince McMahon's one hundred million dollar egg. I <laughs> oh, just just peak my like my biggest reaction of what am I watching? <laughs> As I watch Vince McMahon shout to Adam Pierce to go go for my egg. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? that is greatest? But anyway, I did. But I let, I let it slide at the time because I was like, you know what? Fine. It's building up to the rock coming out or something like, or somebody from the film. And then later in the show, they Caleb Braxton tell Paul Heyman, "Oh, by the way, like Rock Lesnar, yeah, his his suspension being indefinite. Yeah, that bit's over now." And Heyman's like, "Oh crap. Oh, okay." So then he go to, <laughs> you to the match. And I'm like, OK, if it's not Rocky, they've at least set up Lesnar. <laughs> they've at least set that up. If it's neither of those two, somebody has taken the egg. <laughs> so there's at least something. Uh, but no, uh, Big Biggie and Roman Reigns had their main event and then the show ended. And I just go on Twitter to put out the hype for the, for this, uh, to put out the promo for this, a promo, the tweet <laughs> for this. Uh, much my wrestling brain kicking in. And I just see loads of people just like, oh, there really was no rock. Oh, (laughs) oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Just a whole company just putting everything into building up this guy. Isn't this guy amazing? He's fantastic. Only he's not there. (laughs) Brilliant. I love it. (laughs) Uh, I'm not meant to be laughing. It's just that one of the things that was brought up was uh, someone was jokingly comparing it to AEW with the whole CM Punk thing. And somebody was just joking. It's like, oh no, it feels like that AW show. Only, it's it just that they are telling you all the show. they like, trust us, we're giving little teasers, and just letting you know, trust us. Uh, only, <laughs> the person's reaction was, only WWE. Because they do that, that doesn't mean the thing's going to actually happen. And I was like, nah, it's going to happen. It's fine, it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm feeling like I wasn't positive going into this show, but you know what? No, it's fine, it's fine. You know what? Yeah, it's, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. The show might be, like my overall end review might it might be kinder to it if there's like a nice thing at the end of it. Even though it lost me at match three and never won me back. <laughs> if the ending did something just to jolt my interest, yeah, I might, might, might be more positive by the end of it. This show just ended. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> they, did, they did exactly what that kind of person was kind of joking about. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> just because it just... Oh, it's just—it's it's such a good example of just <laughs> not, of uh, that little kind of things wrong. I'd say with WWE, just minor things. It's like, oh, they could—if uh, you—if think of, oh, they couldn't get the rock, they couldn't get him. It's like he's such a busy guy. Like, it's understandable that they couldn't get him. It's not the end of the world. I'm like, then why do a bloody show built all around him <laughs> if he's not there? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're building up your expectation that it's something's going to happen. That he's going to be there. But he's not there, so you're building to nothing. You're building up expectations that are obviously going to be let down, <laughs> because he's not there. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the live reactions currently like, because they are still... Because I have gone live so quickly, they are surely still leaving the arena. Unless Barclays is incredible and can get everyone out in like five minutes, then round of applause. <laughs> My God. My God, what an ending. What, what I say what an ending. I think I'll get to it. So the main event was the WWE Champion vs Universal Champion Big E vs Roman Reigns. Uh, this was of course the Raw vs SmackDown one night a year. Superstars from both bands face each other and the best thing about that is on this show they hyped both Raw and SmackDown superstars being on Raw tomorrow. And like you couldn't even keep the stipulation past one show after this. <laughs> and the one night a year Raw and SmackDown stars face each other Aside from all the other ones, that makes this show not special in the slightest. (laughs) That that you really felt that on this show, especially from match three, four, and five. Like, the crowds weren't into them at all because there were no stakes. Like, yes, you could do the counter of, like, oh, well, there's a SmackDown, so wins it there, which I only saw on Twitter. That wasn't even brought up by WWE's Twitter account like who was winning throughout the night not even their Twitter account was keeping count it was just the fans and then it mattered the stakes were so low <laughs> that even on the on their own programming on their own like social media accounts like who was winning on the night was never mentioned because there were no stakes it didn't actually matter there wasn't a competition this year <laughs> so uh, did I think that Vince had the taker earn? is that what the egg was <laughs> at the end is that what the egg actually was and that's why he's so it was like oh crap i really shouldn't lose this <laughs> take it will <or> get me <laughs> I thought, oh. it's you know it makes more sense than a tease for the rock who's not there <laughs> it's brilliant <laughs> uh, but yeah so it didn't it didn't actually none of the results mattered they weren't building to anything the only people keeping track of who was winning out of one smackdown were the fans wwe weren't doing it it was never mentioned on the show so there were no stakes, and you really felt that for me at the peak in the women's match. In the uh, women's five-on-five match, you really felt it. The crowd did not care. They were gone. They were lost. Like Almost as if you needed just a little bit of heat to get invested in the match. And don't worry, he's normally over the top with that stuff, but in for this show, there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and there can be the given excuses and things. Oh, well, this happened. The given word was awkward because of Crown Jewel, they had to focus on that, and then they had to focus on the draft. So they're just getting all that kind of in line. So theres there just there wasn't, wasn't the time to build a Survivor Series, to which I immediately look and just go, these are all self-implemented things. <laughs> like, that's the thing is something like WWE, because like a TV show, it's written. It is composed by somebody. So you can just move the draft. <laughs> you control everything. <laughs> Case and point, over AEW, they've booked their shows so that they're, they're in cities, they're in hometown cities of members of the stable that are with the babyface champion, so that his opponent for the championship can beat people of his stable in their own hometowns and get, get built up to face the champion. And and he, that that's that's a level of control that Vince has, <laughs> but he can't. Even build to his own show <laughs> because it's just so convoluted. Thing around it, I will say, after Survivor Series, they've got not, now a really nice stretch till day one on January 1st. From today, which for me is currently quarter to five in the morning on the 22nd of November, he's got from now to the 1st of January with no pay per view. There's nothing there to stop him. It's just a straight build, you know, aside from Christmas <laughs> and the holidays, there's a straight build, there's nothing in the way. So surely day one will be built well, right? What is that, five, six weeks? You've got time to do it now. You've got the time. You've got the time. Uh, anyway, talk about the main event. So it, for me, before this main event, I it, this show lost me at what I'm calling the pizza battle royal because that show, that match, was more advertisement than for, of pizza than it was of anything of substance. <laughs> it's just cool. They made... They had to almost be really, really dominant, but they've already done that. This didn't really establish anything further than we've already seen. We've got to see Big Boy be dominant, and it lost a crowd. For me, this is where I pinpoint it. And I feel like I'm getting a bit more natural at pinpointing when my fatigue kind of kicks in, purely because I've been doing it for, like, for a year now with the Monday Night Raw reviews. Well, I specifically knew that, oh, I, was get, I was like, oh, I was getting tired of these shows. I felt like there was a fatigue point, so I started tracking when it was. And now I've kind of like a, got a third instinct when I can feel it. <laughs> it's like ah, that's when it was. I've just got after a year of it, you just get used of. Oh, I need to note down that this that my fatigue point's happened. So <laughs> it's, like it's just naturally I pick it up now. But yeah, the uh, the battle royal, um, that was my fatigue point, and I never recovered. I thought that I would recover for the main event, and when I felt I felt it at the start with them doing their entrances. With uh, Big E, getting the, the little bit of the crowd behind him it was like, oh, this it's a big match for Big E." Then you've got Roman Reigns with his big booming superstar entrance, and as those two were facing each other, I felt it like a faded atmosphere springing to life as Big E and Roman Reigns stood face to face. And the, yeah, the match itself—it was your Reigns pace for a main event, like something that we're somewhat familiar with at this point. Personally, one that I love, like as that like. It feels like such a big deal as his opponents more than get an opportunity to fire back. Like I'm, I'm tired <laughs> at this point, but I was here for the ride. I don't mind these main events. Like, looking at Twitter, not everybody was. Uh, like I'm not gonna lie though, I enjoy these Reigns main events. That said, at the end of a show that had lost me, I didn't get back in. Is that, is, is, I'm just pointing as a little preamble that I like the Reigns main events. This one didn't bring me in. And I think it was more on the show before it than the match itself. And I want to say the same for the women's Survivor Series match. I wouldn't say the match was inherently awful, but it definitely got dragged down by the kind of dead crowd around it. Because quite often you'll feed off it. But when they're not making noise, that you also just naturally, there is a little bit of a feeding the other way. Not feeding. A uh, life suck, <laughs> there we go. i try to find a non-graphic way, <laughs> very well. Uh, yeah, I will say for this main event, the crowd were kind of getting behind ease, fight back as Roman Reigns was hitting Superman punch after Superman punch. Dueling chance for them both though, as they, as they both slowly rose up. Uh, yeah, Reigns is a star, but the winner's never in doubt, and we're reaching that point where, as these matches still have that same length, that I'm starting to feel the length of these matches as Reigns' wins be, are just more and more certain as the challenges fall further and further. Like, currently, there's Drew McIntyre, who also doesn't feel like he should win. Because he's not being built up to, like, actually defeat Reigns. Because that's the other thing. Again, I I feel like in WWE, I'm finding it more and more difficult to not look to the other side of the pond. Not the other side of the, the, the pond, but the other side with AEW. Well, I just see them constantly building the next thing. And I look at WWE and they're only just managing to build the current thing, (laughs) which is crazy. As in like, they're doing a really, really good job at making Reigns feel like a megastar, but they're not building anybody. Even if it's under the surface, nobody is getting consistency. So there's no one that's gonna rise up to him, which was kind of the problem in the John Cena era. And I feel like maybe it just feels like a longer problem because it took them so long to have Reigns find his feet and to actually book him correctly. Now they're doing it; they're establishing him, but he's been on top for so long that I don't know how long they can kind of keep this. <laughs> really, um, you can like build somebody on raw and then move them over to go like they do with Drew McIntyre. But since he's moved to SmackDown, he's just kind of he's been around, but he doesn't. He feels like a top guy, but he doesn't like he doesn't feel like a top guy that should end Roman Reigns' reign. He doesn't feel like he's got that kind of momentum behind him, and they're not really putting in the work to make him like that. They're holding off the match. That's good. I don't know for what for, be it WrestleMania. That's the WrestleMania idea, but something tells me they're going to bring somebody back. They're talking about Brock Lesnar immediately, so something tells me they might do that sooner rather than later, be it day one or Royal Rumble. But yeah, this was a main event with the end never in doubt, and that this was the first time it hurt the main event for me. Like in the previous main event with Finn Balor, or was it was there one in between that I've missed because I wasn't able to cover it? <laughs> but at Extreme Rules there was that thing of not, yeah, even though you believe everybody's going to win, I was still into the match until the bollocks ending. <laughs> and when that ending happened, I'm like, okay, they're coming a bit desperate to come up with new ways for everybody to win. So at least here, no bullshit finish. I've gone 15 minutes into the show, I can say the word. <laughs> like, no BS. It was, like, it was mostly, it was a mostly fine match and the crowd got into it. I was just tired, and I thought it would bring me back. And I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. Quite often I feel like I'll be down on WWE because I was down on them before. This is the opposite way round. I thought this would be the match to bring me back. I thought no, yeah, it's it's yes. I've been kind of taken out of the show, but this was really a two match card, and the first one really delivered. I absolutely loved it, and I'm just looking at this one going. Well, oh, I've got no doubt. I enjoy this one as well. Eh, uh, I didn't. And you know what? The positive though is whilst I was watching the match, I didn't care if Roman Reigns or anyone else came out. I was at least paying attention. I was at least invested in what was happening. I wouldn't say it grabbed me or woke me up or anything. As past Roman Reigns matches have, they have done that because they have had multiple shows already, which kind of been a one match card. Then Roman Reigns match happens and I've loved it and I've walked away from the perfectly happy. This one, it lost me and then it, this match didn't bring me back. It's like, oh, that's a shame. They didn't do anything seemingly different, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe that is that thing. It's like, okay, we do need to kick it up, or at least build a credible challenger. Put that effort in, at least in the background, because you're going to hit a brick wall eventually, uh, which is, again, what happened in the John Cena era. Eventually, Daniel Bryan rises up. Eventually, CM Punk, we're talking years at that point. The crowd turned against the, the character. Uh, I don't know. The character is so good, I don't know if it's going to... Be that because John Cena's character was, for me, nowhere near as strong as Roman Reigns. So that anyway, I could talk about this for a while. It just feels like it needs a little bit of analysing. <laughs> yeah, I leave Survivor Series not knowing what to think of it. I've really enjoyed the opener. I've really enjoyed the second match with the men's uh, Survivor Series. Uh, I wouldn't say I agreed with everything. Uh, there were quite a few moments I was like, ah, oh, really, but I still overall enjoyed the match. I'm still finding it fun. It's the best way to put it, but then the battle all took me out, I didn't get into the tag team match, I didn't get into the Women's Survivor Series uh, one, and I thought the main event would pull me back up more than it did, but also at the end, after been teasing something happening, like, at bare minimum, something like Lesnar, or something with the mysterious egg, <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> But there was absolutely nothing the show just went off air and people on twitter are just like oh he's really okay he's he's actually not there oh okay why did you hype him up all night (laughs) Uh, again i just love the idea of what i really want is a whole room of people telling me how great i am only i'm not there (laughs) ah it's great anyway so survivor series because the other thing with this survivor series is they uh they were promoting Red Notice a lot throughout this show. The, the new film with Ryan Reynolds, uh, Gal Gadot, <laughs> and uh, The Rock over on... Well, not The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. The reason he's not called The Rock is because they have to pay royalties. They have to pay WWE royalties every time they say The Rock. So films just don't call him Rock. So <laughs> that's the end of that. Uh, yeah, there's a little tidbit I found out. Anyway, so it's on Netflix. And apparently it's not been critically... Critically, it's not done very well. I wouldn't say it's a film that's going to win any awards. But if you're tired, if you just want a little bit of silly fun with a plot that maybe doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter because it's got funny, ha ha, kind of. <laughs> it's you just yeah, low brain effort flick. It's that kind of level of film. I've not seen it. <laughs> so when they did all of this stuff around it, like this is a strange amount of strong kind of references and things for a film that's like it's not quite on that level to be integrated so strongly I know it's, it's apparently doing well on Netflix in terms of numbers so at least there's that uh, but I found it funny me watching this not having a clue really what the reference is <laughs> as in like the in like the more specific things I've not seen the film I just knew who was in it I kind of knew the premise because I was One day we came close to watching it, Uh, but but we didn't. We were in that tired mood of, let's just put on something, I guess this dumb movie will do, (laughs) at that that level. But we ended up putting on something else. Uh, Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so Survivor Series kicked off with a Red Notice trailer, directly edited into the main show hype video. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's an interesting vibe. Uh, If there's one thing I'm going to know after this pay-per-view, it's what Red Notice is. (laughs) <laughs> and what I know then notices is, is it's a film with Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and an egg. <laughs> I think I've got the I think I I've got it down, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the show kicked off with the Raw Women's Champion versus SmackDown Women's Champion. Again, all night raw versus Smackdown hyped as the one match and one night a year that raw versus and Smackdown competitors go against each other on the same show that they hyped raw and Smackdown competitors both being on raw tomorrow it's incredible <laughs> the synergy is just oh oh Well, oh, just oh yes one appétit <laughs> also again there was no kind of score tracker after any of these matches there was no keeping up with what this meant like who was winning overall on the night what it meant for either brand or it's like if so none of these matches had any consequence, not even in like a like a one show type of thing. Like there wasn't not even in a sense of, oh, on this show we're gonna keep a little tally and one of the brands will be crowned the best brand on the night. There was no tally. It was never mentioned. I'd be surprised if they don't mention it on Raw. Or would I? <laughs> why are Raw Smackdown Superstars on Raw tonight? Tomorrow. <laughs> Unless it's like more tour related and they're doing the show, so why not just be at Barclays as well? yeah it's it's weird <laughs> uh, but yeah that's just the main point of it is this show is highly inconsequential to the point that the show itself didn't keep track of anybody's winnings so even the, these didn't matter it was just more of like a little showcasey type of thing i guess uh, anyway but this main event was brilliant this main of ev- this uh, sorry this opening match this <laughs> the main event is honestly for me this was my main event because the yeah, I made it my thumbnail. I was banking on it, and then after I made it and made, I got everything set up. Um, I saw a few hours before the show that oh, uh, Becky Lynch and Flair is uh, rumored to be the main event. I was like, oh, cool, okay. And then when things got switched around, I just assumed it's because maybe like the Vox couldn't come out afterwards or something. There's a reason for Reigns, Big E to be the main event. Turns out no, not really. <laughs> not really that big a reason. Um, but anyway, so Literature of Flair ended up opening the show, and this was the, this was my favorite match of the night by far. Like the one match on the show whose build had actually held my interest, and boy did it deliver. Because like the Survivor Series matches had little builds, but a lot of it was inconsistent. Because I put out a tweet which uh, didn't go down well with a certain crowd. Of I was just saying that like, this show feels like it's, it's show it's only got one story. Uh, and after talking to like Vance of Cheshire Radio, I was like, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Big E Roman. They, they hadn't aired SmackDown this week, and I assumed that would be the episode where everything that Reigns is doing kind of gets tied stronger to Big E. Uh, and I think that is exactly what happened. Uh, but for the other matches, I felt like there wasn't much story. And it turns out that wasn't what I... Because I put I put it down there being like a story. where. And then a few hours after I put out that tweet, Becky Lynch herself it was quoted in an article talking about Survivor Series not having stakes and she wanted stakes to be added because Raw vs Smackdown that's no stakes and I'm like that's actually the that's, the, that's exactly the feeling that's exactly <laughs> so that that's it I was wrong pointing at the story stuff what it actually was was what Becky Lynch said because as soon as she said it I was like that's hit it that's hit the feeling that I was getting with this show and really put it in the forefront there's no stakes and so none of it matters <laughs> which because um, when I was trying to explain the story thing. My main point was, if the results don't matter, if nothing's gonna be spinning off of this, then why should I care? Why should I be interested in anything that's happening? And Lynch versus Flair, because the thing I think it put out what it was there was one story. Lynch versus Flair was that story. I felt like they'd nailed this. It span off of a segment going horrific, a crap, a crap stupid segment going horrifically wrong, as both women seemingly don't want to do the stupid thing, but the boss wants them to do it, so they're being professional and doing it, kind of. Obviously, it, the professional thing kind of slips, the backstage kind of uh, fallings out uh, over the over how this image should have happened, appearing on the screen, which is eh, not great, but they span it well. And this was by far the most invested I was in any match. Because the closest to that are the little workings on Survivor Series 1, where it was brought to my attention, obviously, that the Hurt Business and Adam Pearce had been screwing over the Mysterios to get them out of the match. To which, like, in my head, I'm just like, but Adam Pearce said the week previously that he wanted just world champions on the team, which was why he took off Dominic Mysterio. So cool, you, you add in Bobby Lashley by taking out Dominic Mysterio, you get that with attention, cool. But then that makes no sense why you take off a Mysterio put it not in theory. As in, it it doesn't follow <laughs> from the week previously. It follows from the logic that Adam Pearce had on that week's role, <laughs> the one before Survivor Series. That logic tracks. But what he said the week previously is no longer canon. That's no longer a thing. The continuity's not there from week to week. That's shit. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. <laughs> if you say a thing on the TV show, you can't then pretend it doesn't happen. Because then... You're like, But that doesn't make sense. Because I don't know why so Adam Pearce cares <laughs> we are told he cares he says he cares but I don't know why I don't know and that reflects onto me is like, but I don't know why I should care because I think there's no stakes Adam Pearce and Sonny Deville they're not separate Raw and Smackdown people they don't have a vested interest other than making the best teams the best teams because a higher up has told them they need to well that's not why should I give a shit about that <laughs> why do I care <laughs> But any of that as a reason uh, anyway, I want to talk about the... Ma- I, I've, I've moaned on. <laughs> My point being, I would say the Survivor Series match had little stories that I would be surprised if they, if there is any follow-up after this show. I'd like a Bobby Lashley game Mysterio thing. That's a personal preference. I mean, that was the main event, wasn't it? They did it. Yeah, I'd be surprised if there's any spin-off aside from the Kevin Owens Seth Rollins stuff. I'd be really surprised, and possibly building up Kevin and Seth to be separate heel competitors for Big E. Um, The Survivor Series is more used as a character driving thing for certain people, rather than an event that has real any consequence at all. That's my prediction. (laughs) But Lynch vs. Flair is the opposite. He had heat going in, he had heat by the end of it, and coming out as well, we could just see how it would positively spin for both of them, moment. I absolutely love this, 20 minutes or so that absolutely flew by, a white hot pace right out of the gate, blasting through all of the familiarities as the two fed off the sheer amount of times they faced each other right? with plenty of counters and readings outside of the uh, kicks and strikes that they were getting each other down with, a seriously blistering first 10 minutes that I can't applaud enough, like really really strong stuff and also, to applaud uh, Charlotte pulling out Andrade's double moonsault spot, as well as, and I saw a bit of confusion online over what this was. I was like, oh, was that a little bit of a shooty shoot? Like, no. Charlotte Flair went for the Andrade boot into a back elbow, which looks amazing, and Charlotte Flair also made it look devastating. <laughs> to that point of maybe half buying it is realistic. <laughs> it's real. It's like, oh, did she kind of stiffer a bit? It's like, no, that's the move. <laughs> it's the Andrade boot into an elbow. I thought it looked great. Flair making a thing of stealing Becky's moves too, like the Exploder in the first half of the match and the disarm her uh, later on. Like in the end, neither having the other down and beat Lynch winning after Flair rolled her up, only to be caught grabbing the ropes and for Karma to strike immediately in the form of Becky doing the exact same to her, only not getting caught. It's like, oh, I love it! Go it, go for the O'Connor roll, and Charlotte Flair grabs the ropes and cheats. And then Becky does immediately does the same thing. Difference is she doesn't get caught as she wins. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have minded a strong cemented winner. However, for me this is a fantastic example of thing doesn't equal bad. As in winning with a roll up or or after a quick series of roll ups suddenly out of nowhere isn't bad when the rest of the match kind of fits that same pace. They're just constantly striking at each other like a lightning pace, a lightning finish to a lightning match. Is fine. <laughs> if anything, it's extremely fitting for this very specific way the match this match was structured, which again I adored. <laughs> Easily my match of the night. It was 20 minutes that I can't falter. There may, have, like, even if there were mistakes in there, I don't care, because the overall story they were telling it got me. It gripped me. What they were going for, they absolutely got that across to me, and the the kind of momentum they were rolling with from start to finish. I felt like the pace never died. Obviously it did. Like someone would be down for a move and they'll take a second to recover. But you never felt it. I I, I can't praise this match enough. <laughs> Easily my match of the night. One of my favourite WWE matches of this year. I don't think it's a long list to be fair. I've not particularly <laughs> I've been massively enamoured with the promotion in 2021. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was fantastic. I don't really know, I haven't got many no- I haven't got any notes of criticism because I just put it on and enjoyed it and it was the one match I was looking forward to it was my main event, I was ready to crap on a show and then enjoy the main event but it's the other way around. <laughs> loved the main event Sorry, I loved the opening match, I don't know, that's the one word I didn't want to make But yeah, can't praise it enough Like if, you did, if you're for some reason listening to me having not watched the show I'm massively praising this opening match. And it's right at the start. You you don't have to watch the rest of the show. (laughs) If you have access to the Survivor Series, highly recommend you watch this opening match. I really, really enjoyed it. I I, I don't really feel like I can give it much more praise. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely loved it. And no, no, I don't think it really hurt either competitor. And, And no, it wasn't, oh, it's your standard WWE finish. This is the example of when to do it. The issue for me is, when you get a finish like this, multiple times, or you you watch Monday Night Raw, and it'll be a nothing match that ends like this, suddenly out of nowhere, like you weren't invested in it, and then you get a quick roll-up out of nowhere, and the commentators go, oh, it's a finish out of nowhere, isn't that that incredible, what an upset, and the card kind of care. This was a white-hot match, and the sudden finish just fit, fit, it just fit the match so well. For me, it's the perfect ending. And it felt, and the thing is, because both were really going at each other, Lynch got the better of flair, but neither was able to beat each other. So you're perfectly fine to see a rematch, but you also I also felt like I got the money's worth from it. I didn't feel cheated, which is often an issue with WWE where they'll come up with some convoluted finish. I think for me, the best thing about this is it's not convoluted. It's literally just two people going at each other, not afraid to cheat to get the win over each other, just to prove and be able to hold that crown <laughs> that they pinned them. They don't have to beat them. They, li- they don't have to de- defeat them, is the uh, word I was looking for. They just have to win. And, uh, yeah, well done. Well done. Can't applaud it enough. <laughs> Can't applaud it enough. Anyway, now to the rest of the show, which isn't going to be as applause worthy. Again, uh, my main thing for the main event that I talked about, I wanted to like the main event. I didn't hate it, but it didn't wake me back up from the show that had kind of just turned me off. Absolutely loved the opening match. Cannot praise it enough. I want to remind you of that (laughs) before I talk about the rest of the show. Massively positive about Flair Lynch. I have no criticism for it. I absolutely loved it. Then we get to the rest of the show. (laughs) Let's keep the chipper smile as I say negative things. So the men's 5 vs 5 traditional Survivor Series elimination match. Raw's team, Bobbily Lashers, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor and Austin Thirar versus SmackDown's Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. SmackDown obviously hit by the gimmick bug a lot worse than war. Just uh, hopefully it can take something to kind of uh, get over those symptoms. So I don't know how I feel about this one. It's a mix. Great fun action, but the eliminations themselves built an odd taste over the course of the match. Like three eliminations from Countout in one match? really <laughs> there was a fourth in the women's <laughs> like, uh, but the crowd were right behind jeff hardy for those final minutes so like, can i kind of crap on it that much when it clearly kind of did its job by the end the crowd weren't weren't not into this match they loved it and i was just thinking well, when this match ended i just thought this could be on to be a really solid pay-per-view like these two matches Yes, I wouldn't agree. I, I felt like, I, I don't know how I feel about this match, but I would say momentum-wise, this pay-per-view was still running after this match. It was, I, w- I wouldn't say this was the down point where I would suddenly become negative on this show. Even though it wasn't as positive, I still say it kept the positivity rolling. Like the feelings on the show was still, was still good. The vibes were good, man. After this match, the vibes were still there. It was the, the match after it died, <laughs> so oh well. But I would say as well, Negative for the for Kevin Owens. the so first off, to get the negative out of the way, it's a, the exact same start to last year's Survivor Series where Seth Rollins suddenly decided to sacrifice himself for the greater good of the team, and I have sacrificed myself so that you may live, you may go, and you may run fire. But in this one, Kevin Owens he leaves for different reasons, but it's a raw team member immediately taking himself out of the match, just immediately. It's the exact same finish. <laughs> it's, sorry, it's the exact same start <laughs> as last year. It's like, oh, well that sucks. But KO immediately banning his team in a move that makes sense for me the moment, when I try and figure it out, for me it makes sense the moment I remember to include wins and losses don't matter into my thinking. Because this, tis but a character moment. As the smartest man in the room just doesn't take part in the match with no stakes. <laughs> like, yeah. Why would heel KO care about the brand? To be fair, why does anybody? <laughs> but specifically, why would selfish heel Kevin Owens, why would he care one bit about this match? Like, yeah, yes, it gets across that wins and losses don't matter because he's perfectly fine to take a loss because there's no, there's no stakes in the match. So it doesn't matter if he loses. But <laughs> the, the, the negative is, The wins and losses don't matter, it's like cemented into this. Like this entire booking type of thing. The reason it makes sense is because the wins and losses don't matter. (laughs) It's a positive because there's an overall negative. (laughs) That works. (laughs) This specific arc works because there's a bigger problem with the company. (laughs) And the way that they personally do stuff. Uh, But yeah. Anyway, the KO character, it makes sense for him to not care one iota about this match with no stakes. It literally, like, it was like, "Oh, why would he leave his team?" But doesn't he want the win? Generally, doesn't matter. <laughs> so, just don't take part. <laughs> He'll still be facing Big E for the championship. It literally doesn't matter. Uh, so, anyway, the Red Boys up against it then, as the Blue Baddies run riot on the opportunity, N- not eliminating anybody, uh, but they looked in good spirits doing it. Uh, probably should have eliminated someone though, as uh, Finn Balor comes flying down with the coup de gras to eliminate Corbin. He's like, "Oh." Even Stevens then 4-on-4. Uh, Woods making work out of theory only for Seth and Bobby to work baddie numbers and get uh, and throw a spear at the king. That did not miss. Uh, Hurtlock to eliminate poor Xavier curse of the ring. Uh, as uh, Lashley and McIntyre's continuous brawl outbursts. After that, throughout the match, finally found them as the legal men in the ring only to do more brawls and be count- both be counted out. It's like uh, That's Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley all counted out. Like we're back in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, if you've watched the WWF in the 1980s, a lot of non finishers. Which uh, you watch it and go, huh, oh, that wouldn't hold that wouldn't stand up today. Here we are. <laughs> watching one match with three separate people counted out. Uh, oh well. <laughs> uh, anyway, Claymore to get that heat back, brother. Uh, I also like Seth Rollins trying to take the piss out of jim McIntyre only to get a sweet glance to go kiss. I <laughs> love that bit. Uh, Bella simply straight up eliminated after getting bro kicked at the end of a great back and forth with his fellow Irishman Seamus, setting up our two versus two with Volleys and Theory against Seamus and Jeff Hardy. It's like, hey, if Jeff and Shamu can coexist after the former threw urine in the latter's face this time last year, then so can you. I write as Seamus clocks Hardy in anger after Theory got supplies elimination roll upon him. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Uh, can they coexist? Uh, no, <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> also, if you want the joke logic for Kevin Owens for him leaving, like so the question of can they coexist, Kevin Owens just simply answers no and leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smart guy, smart guy. Um, yeah, Jeff Hardy recovering back for a swanton to theory as the crowd really rallied behind him. The eternally over Jeff Hardy for the final two lads uh, to no avail. Uh, Hardy running fire as Barclays Center genuinely got right behind him, only for Seth to get the knees up on the Swanton and curb stomp the man into defeat. So yeah, it's it's a weird one. The crowd were really behind Jeff Hardy in the end. So the final minutes, I, I can't applaud, I can't say anything other than no, they were solid, they were great. But it was just a weird, and I thought the I generally I think I've generally just enjoyed the action that was happening. But whenever we never got to an elimination spot. There's just something off about it. And the fact that there were three countouts as well. It's, like, mm, it's just, uh, yeah, it irks me. <laughs> it irks me. So it's a weird one. I don't know how high to go for it. The ending landed, which is, that's a, that's a big that's a big positive in its favour. And I was generally fine with the action, but it, it just felt off. Like three counts is definitely too many. <laughs> you can't do that in one match. <sighs> but yeah, that's how, that's how I feel. I feel conflicted. Uh, again, I'm massively in favor of, of uh, Flair versus Lynch. This one, I'm just a little bit conflicted. And I'd probably say it's my second favorite match of the night. <laughs> to say it was that. And uh, yeah, third has to be uh, Reigns Big E, just because just the rest of the show just lost me. I was only interested in those three matches. they the, well, that's, that's me saying that after I've watched the show. Not in terms of build or anything, uh, just in terms, because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't high on the build for the men's Survivor Series match. Uh, But at least there was something there to work with, with the individual characters even if I don't know why anybody cares because there's no stakes and Kevin Owens told me because that was the other thing as well, I was like, well at least if there's bragging rights or something or the people on Royal Smackdown at least care to show the other one that they are going to fight for their brand or whatever do care at least to win but Kevin Owens immediately walking out and just that logic of, oh yeah, yeah, why would he take place in a match with no stakes it tells me the match doesn't matter <laughs> yes it's good for the Kevin Owens character but it's bad for your match <laughs> it's just a it's a weird one but yeah still it didn't it didn't break the match for me uh, it's still fine and again after that match I felt it's just positive five still man Like I don't think this is gonna be the greatest show in the world ever but the fives are still positive then the next bit happened yes also, before this, there was the whole thing with the egg. <laughs> the, the first time where uh, Roman Reigns uh, goes into Vince McMahon's office and Vince just calls. has called him in to show him the egg and go, hey, Roman, this egg, this egg worth 100 million. And Roman's response of, huh, almost as much as my new contract and leaves. Uh, or my next contract. <laughs> and then he just leaves. And then... Then that's the end of the segment, and I'm just like, right? That wasn't natural at all, <laughs> not in the slightest. Uh, it's one of WWE's biggest problems with the backstage stuff. None of it is natural. Feels heavily scripted, heavily produced. I swear, Vince McMahon is SNL reading it off a reading his words off a card. <laughs> it's really weird. Like the cues are off or whatever. Which you know, given the oldies, is a bit forgivable. But it, it, it he's not the only one, I guess. If he was the only one where I got that feeling, it's fine. But when other people on the show feel like cardboard cut out saying words. It's like, uh, yeah. But that's not, that, you, know, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> it's the best way it. It, again, it didn't, and the, the good vibes didn't go with that segment. I'm like, that was weird. But it's clearly setting up something. And if this is setting up the rock, because it's letting you know that egg is from his movie. The rock must... The entire time, this is them telling you, the egg's here. The golden egg is here. (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) The golden egg is here. Um, It it wasn't building up anything. The egg disappeared. (laughs) Which could also work as a metaphor. Who took the egg? Hollywood took the egg. Oh, oh, I found it. I found it. (laughs) Hollywood took the egg. (laughs) Oh, dear. But, yeah. Yeah. Move on because <laughs> this is where the show dies. So, The Rock's 25 man 25th anniversary battle royale. And, like, hey, battle royals are a tad bit of harmless fun, but I'm tempted to rename this the Pizza Hut battle royale because <laughs> it was more of that. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, uh, a yeah. quite actually What would The Rock be doing as of obviously, oh, if he was there? It's for me, it's I don't mind what he was doing. For me, the only thing I think of is to tease a match with Roman Reigns. But that kind of comes second to the point that they were teasing him on the show. When you watch the show, there are so many kind of build ups and teasers for The Rock. They made it the 25th anniversary for The Rock. He, uh, they played his video packages out of it, which is like, yeah, that's perfectly fine. But then there was a tease with the red notice tie in as well with the golden egg. And I can make the jokey metaphor that the golden egg was here and then the golden egg was gone. Vince no longer has his golden egg. His golden egg's gone to Hollywood. (laughs) That was the story of Survivor Series. (laughs) I've made it work. (laughs) There we go, that's your logic. (laughs) That's your logic, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind what he would have done. I don't think that particularly matters. It's just because when you're putting a show together and you put in those teasers and it doesn't build to anything, just don't put in the teasers. Just don't make, just don't, if Survivor's not gonna be there, don't make the show The Rock's 25th twenty fifth anniversary. If you do, don't make a battle royal purely de- dedicated to him. <laughs> you got the promo packages as well. With, at least with The Undertaker, when they did that last, The Undertaker was there. He kind of got a little, uh, hey, Undertaker, nothing match. But it was like it was part of the vibe of the show. Uh, it's just to applaud The Undertaker. But for The Rock to not be there, just, you, you then don't do the first bit. <laughs> if he's not there, if you've got no plans for him, don't do a show building him and applauding him because otherwise it's just weird (laughs) to do that. It's just weird. Like someone made the joke that TNA or Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory got more out of The Rock with a video package saying congratulations to Ken Shamrock than WWE did. WWE did not even a videotape, nothing. (laughs) on his 25th anniversary by Royal. Not a peep. It's just weird. Just don't build it. Just don't build it. Again, this is a problem of their own making. Just don't do the thing. What survives vibe had no build because you had to do the draft? Just move the draft. <laughs> you control everything. <laughs> Not, there shouldn't be any of these weird issues. You literally control everything. <laughs> it's so strange. So weird. You can, like, like you can move anything. Nothing's in concrete. This is literally a created world. You can design it however you want. So why are you running into these problems? <laughs> it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Uh, anyway, so this match, this is the match that lost me on this show. So because again, I absolutely loved the opening match. I enjoyed, if not, didn't quite love as much the second match. And the, but the third, and but the good vibes were here going into this match. But as it took place, it just went on way too long, whilst also not doing anything. For maybe 25 men was maybe too much for the kind of match this was. It literally was. Like the style of it is a tad of harmless fun. like Really quick eliminations. Uh, just moving from one spot quickly to the next in a really fast like run-of-the-mill Monday Night Raw bit of a match. Again, that was more an advertisement for pizza than it was anything of steak, substance, or worthy of my time. <laughs> Which is fine, but it just lasted way too long. And for me, the absolute telling thing. This was when the crowd became half interested at what was happening in the ring. This was the first match that it happened in. And it happened with me as well back over here. It's just, I I kind of started semi paying attention and I was trying to make notes of who's getting eliminated in what order. And at some point I just stopped paying attention because it suddenly just felt like it didn't matter. And all I put in my notes was, Omos, King Omos, (laughs) big boy Omos, tall human male Omos. Yeah, this match put almost over huge, but I, wouldn't, I don't think put him over any more than we've already seen him put over. Yeah, but uh, yeah, other than that, I felt like this was a complete waste of time. <laughs> Even the final focus of the match had the Street Profits giving pizza to the fans. <laughs> it's just like this was an advertisement for Pizza Hut. This wasn't a match. This was nothing to do with the Rock. The Rock's name was on it, but it was more to do with pizza. Than it was anything else. Uh, angry Omos just eliminates everybody till we're down to he and Ricochet, the one man to get a lick in on the tall human male. But the lad just straight up dominated without much of a looking for anyone else. No one got built up to, as a potential guy to eliminate him. So he just eliminates everybody. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And th- not even the tall people, the other tall people, because they weren't there. There, were, there was Aziz, there was Shanky, there was Otis, there were other big people. But like the closest person to get any momentum was Otis, who did a little bit with our truth who failed to bribe him with pizza. <laughs> Assumably, because that pizza was freezing cold. <laughs> can't bribe him a cold pizza, it <laughs> can't be done. Uh, but yeah, they just uh, they just had it be pure Omos. So are just waiting for Omos to win. Which again, isn't a bad idea for a battle royal, but maybe if there's 25 people, that's too many. And I get the tie-in. I get the idea behind it. Uh, but the match wasn't very good. <laughs> it wasn't very good. And there was no interest built around anyone other than Omos. It's like a centrepiece around two things of Omos and pizza. Obviously, I don't particularly care about the pizza, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Yeah, pizza's nice, but this is just an advertisement. This is There's no substance to this. <laughs> it just felt like a waste of time. So... I'm not really gonna give more to it than that. It was a build for both Omos and Pizza Hut. The uh, the end focus was Pizza Hut and not Omos. <laughs> uh, Pizza Hut, they got their money's worth. They got that, they got that. Anyway, the Raw Tag Team Champions versus SmackDown Champions, RK-Bro versus The Usos. And the previous match took me right out as the tiredness really hit. Like, so I was like, okay, you guys, RK-Bro Usos, I trust you. You can bring me right back up. And I felt like they tried. But it took me like half of this match to just get my late night attention right back in. Because I think this match was happening, I think it was either 2 or 3 a.m. by the time this was happening. And this is when it was dawning on me that this show was going to be long. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, after this, we've got another Survivor Series match. I'm ready for this show to end. (laughs) The pace has been taken out of me by that Battle royal. And uh, yeah, the match itself, the Usos just cutting Riddle off and grinding things right down, Orton eventually getting the hot tag for those announced table backdrops. Uh, The back and forth flowing as I noticed a crowd of fans just sat on their asses in half attention. It's like, oh, they've not woken up from the past match. Like, again, the match was fine, but it didn't seem to be able to win them back. And I say the same for me as well. Like, it was fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but I didn't feel any need to pay attention to it. And I don't know. Again, if part of that is that the result doesn't matter, there is nothing hinging on this. A <laughs> like biggest example again, there is there was no tally for who for wins or losses. Like there was no kind of oh this is what it means to uh, this. Who's winning the night or anything? You just moved on to the next thing. The people's match was never brought up again. So what was that? There was nothing at stake. Like. I'm assuming on Raw, they'll, they'll say it then, but on the night, there was absolutely no mention. It was more like the individuals have done their thing. They've done that. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, would say, amazing finish to this match though. <laughs> absolutely amazing, because I'm watching this match and there are loads of well, spots that are perfectly fine and probably normally get a three count. As in, one of the things with that the option said, even if you think you've done badly, as long as the fans are counting that three, then you're, doing, you're done your job. And my worry was no count was getting a three in this match. No, there was no counting by the crowd for any spot in this match until the end. So at least Adam' counting in the end for that awesome, amazing final splash of a big Usock splash caught into an RKO out of nowhere. The crowd popped huge for that. And it, yeah, loud counting one, two, three for the pin. But for the rest of the match, they just sat on their hands. They were just as quiet as they were for the previous match. Like the is getting that heat to riddle there wasn't really much of a reaction. Like Orton got an, an initial buzz when he was doing the backdrops at ringside. The Crazy Man. That wasn't anything massively, like massive reaction, until the Arceo. The Arceo was an amazing spot. So yeah, but yeah, this, and this was the point that Raw had officially won the night. But you would only have known that if you were on Twitter and other people told you. <laughs> They're the only reason, that's the only reason I know because it wasn't brought up on the show, because it doesn't matter. The matches don't matter. <laughs> Again, never bought up. There's nothing on the line. There's no stakes. Nothing means anything past the moment. Like, And they also hyped both Raw and SmackDown stars appearing on Raw tomorrow. So it's not even the one night the two brands are facing each other, because that's also happening tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. One night face each other, aside from all the other ones. <laughs> and finally, finally, there's a reason that I faced this entire bit with, uh, you know, you know, after i finished this uh, talking about how much I loved Flair versus Lynch, yeah, yeah, remember that when I'm talking about the rest of the show. <laughs> there was a positive. Uh, and finally, the last match to talk about, so I can go to bed at half past five in the morning. Speaking of five, women's five versus five, traditional Survivor Series elimination match for the women. Roar, Bianca Belair, Carmella, Selena Vega, Liv Morgan, and Vaia Ripley. And on SmackDown, Captain Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, T- T- Tony Storm, and Shotzi. No Blackheart. Uh, yeah, I'm normally high on these elimination matches, like, even if they're not. There have been years where they booked really well, followed by a year they booked crap. They're a bit like James Bond movies for me. Survive these matches, you get an amazing film like Cena Royale, followed by a Crap film in Cosmosolis, Solace, followed by an amazing film in Skyfall, followed by a rushed piece of crap inspector, <laughs> followed by an amazing film in No Time to Die. <laughs> like, it's that's how it works. Good bond, crap bond. Seemingly the same with the Survivor series. You get an amazing Survivor series, followed by a shit one. <laughs> Maybe it's like they kind of like overthink it, and this, the, bunk, the booking's just too heavy on it, like the following year. Um, but I would say I really, that's the last Survivor Series I really enjoyed was 2019 with NXT. I think that was 2019, because so I didn't like last year's, and I again, I was conflicted on the earlier one, but this, this one with the women, I just straight up didn't like. And obviously, a massive asterisk on that, in terms of like this immediate review, is I had been taken out of the show prior, and the pre and the tag team match didn't pull me back in. So at this point, I'm, I'm still out, I'm not really invested. I'm watching it, but I'm not, I don't care about anything that's happening. The action can draw me back in. And we saw examples in this match on how to do this. Because there's quite a few negatives that I'm going to have to talk about. (laughs) And like why I think they happened. But again, I'm normally high on Survivor Series matches. Um, I just, yeah, this match just wasn't, (laughs) wasn't it? Uh, And the crowd were the telling factor here. And again, the massive asterisk is as I'm saying this, I am tired. I was tired when I watched it. And I had been taken out of the show. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, it just felt like I was just waiting for the main event. Which is like, yeah. Uh, maybe it's, like you know, these matches having no stakes at all. Like, just listen to the crowd chants. They're not paying attention either. Um, I would say, Rhea was over. Until a point. <laughs> when they started the Mexican Wave, that was more over than Rhea. Uh, Shotzi and Banks, their, their beef got reaction. The... Really the only strong reaction was when Banks and Belair were wrestling each other. Like, aside from that, they couldn't have cared less. Like, as soon as Bianca tagged out, that's when the CM Punk chants happened. And the CM Punk chants happening during a women's match isn't isn't chanting CM Punk at the women. This is chanting CM Punk at a show they're disinterested in. Whatever match was here, if you've you switched it round and the women's uh, Survivor Series match was the second match, and the men's was now, and you give them the same levels of booking for the spot they're in. So, say the women's is hot at two, and the men's is not as hot here. The men also get a CM Punk Chan at this point, specifically at this point. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's. I kind of feel sorry for them because the crowd's just gone. They don't care. And it's not because they're women. It's, and I felt sorry for them because they've been given no reason to care. There are no stakes in this match. And maybe like me, they were ready for the main event. But there were no stakes. And this match was long. Which is just... uh, Like, honestly, normally I complain when Survivor Series matches are too short. And when the eliminations happen too quickly. But when Carmella did that whole bollocks with the mask. (laughs) Got a really quick elimination at the hands of Tony Storm. I just thought, you know what? This pace might be perfect. For where we are in this show. I don't think this match can go long. Because... Like, energy from the crowd is low. And if this match goes long, it's just going to get lower. And the match went long. <laughs> it, went, you should, it went your traditional Survivor season I mean, elimination length. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, and it, it took Banks and Belair getting into the ring to stop the Mexican wave and get their attention back on track. Almost as if you give something for the crowd to be interested in, they will immediately stop the bullshit. Like, CM Punk Chance debt they weren't happening when banks would be out in the ring Mexican wave that stopped immediately when those two got into the ring it's almost as if they were just disinterested which is <laughs> which absolutely sucks and that's the best my one word review for this match is disinteresting which has got absolutely nothing to do with the talent absolutely everything to do with I guess the booking around it and of course the sh- and of course the show to this point had already lost me mostly because of the Battle Royal, and I just never came back. It just took me out, and I never got to that same point I was at with the men's traditional match. It's just like, oh, it sucks. It sucks. There's quite quite a few things out of this match's favour, out of this match's hands. Because I wouldn't say this match was awful or anything, but it was dealt a crap hand because of what, what happened before. The crowd weren't back into the show, and this match went long. This match shouldn't have gone long, which again, isn't like the, the females in this match, that's, it felt weird to say, why to say females? <laughs> the women in this match, the talent in this match, they, it felt like JR for a second, trying to find the right word. <laughs> I'm just tired, I can't find words. But yeah, yeah, the women in this match, like, it's not their fault, they're were put in they they're doing what they're told, but this match should not have been at the pace it was for where it was on the card. There's a reason the crowd reacted like they did. Like, it's a, it's a pacing issue more than anything. The pacing of the show was off. The Battle royal was too long. And then it took out the kind of energy for the tag team match, which itself probably should have been a little bit shorter. The Usos beating on Matt Riddle for just too long. And then this match here, when Carmena got that quick elimination, the pace, because you know, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, was an absolute lesson on pace. Incredible stuff. I can't praise it enough. But this women's traditional survival match, yeah. again, there were pacing issues beforehand, which will already take you out. But then you get to this match, and it slows right down as everybody gets their stuff in. It felt like we were at five versus four forever when I was just watching it at this point. And I was like, no one's going to get eliminated. And the crowd aren't paying attention to any of this. Like You're doing this little build, trying to get everybody their little spots in. So that the crowd are kind of like, and the crowd normally would build around this happening and get excited for an elimination. What's actually happening is they're not paying attention to any of this middle bit. And when people are getting eliminated, it's to crickets. There's no, like maybe it's like oh, or a piped-in Wu champ for some reason. <laughs> That's just the one they had on the audio file. <laughs> uh, I did notice less crowd-injected noise. Um, there's often what's well, often gets called crowd sweetening. But you saw it in this match where when the crowd aren't chanting for the thing, they'll turn the crowd down. But I'm personally against that because if the likelihood is the crowd is making noise, it's just not the noise you want. So if you turn them down, they sound quiet and the arena sounds dead, which is so much worse than some noise, surely. <laughs> but uh, when they got loud, for example, with Sasha Banks versus Becky Belair, they turned it right back up and it sounds like it's a huge pop. It's like it's an even bigger moment so there is that I've just kind of uh, I've, I've taught. I've just said to, I've just convinced myself <laughs> that maybe I was wrong there uh, anyway yeah not high I say I'm not high in this match a lot of it's out of their favour but I didn't enjoy it I was just tired it was way too long uh, let's get to the eliminations just to quickly bust through it and then end the review so Carmella pissing about with her mask after the belt into an immediate roll-up from Storm. Uh, Tony Storm with her awesome Ruby special to eliminate Zelina. Uh, Banks with a frog splash eliminated Morgan to no reaction. I uh, like, oh, well, that sucks. They've been building Morgan, she's been getting reactions. But there was an in-between those things was so much just stompy-stomp downtime. The crowd, so much for the crowd to not care about. The back and forth, they did not care for at all. As the match kind of like died down to then build up to elimination. They didn't care in terms of the, the pa- in terms of pacing of the entire show at this point this should be rapid fire it, it should be uh, like get your spots in kind of stuff or pure showcase kind of thing but because they went for the like this is a big survivor series kind of match and everybody kind of gets their moments in and the they start off slower and get and kind of build kind they died they're already dead but they did not get it didn't bring them back so anyway, Ripley gone via Basler also to little response. So that's the as one would say is, like, oh, Liv Morgan get eliminated. Oh, is that a sign of anything? Not at all. Ray Ripley got no response, and she was one of the most over people when they were making their entrances. Uh, and she continued despite very Ripley's almost becoming Jeff Hardy <laughs> in the sense that her booking seemingly doesn't matter. She just stays over the crowd. Like whatever, whatever she's doing, the crowd are massively into her. There's no difference here at Survivor Series. It's like, oh, she she looked just eternally over like Jeff Hardy. Like, <laughs> good for her. Uh, but yeah, no reaction to this. Uh, Banks and Shotzi end up in a mini bit as her own team get her countered out. It's like, okay. Right, even if you're not getting along, that's weird, strange. Don't quite get it. But the answer is it's because they want they don't want to pin Sasha Banks. But they also. Want to have Bianca Belair look strong, pinning all the other three remaining people. So what do you do? She gets a, gets a count out, which is just it's to, it gets her out of the match, but it doesn't make a lot of world sense. But it, it got her out, so it did the it served the plot, but it didn't make sense. She's like, yeah okay, cool. Uh, glam Slam to Shayna within a minute after after Bianca alone got that fire to get a quick pin over Natalya. And uh, our final two were Shotzi and Bianca Belair. Uh, Shotzi actually got in some offense. Like good for her, good for her. But Slicebed got halted and into the K.O.D. she went. And uh, yeah, and that was a, that was a victory for Bianca Belair. They got to do the bit. And yes, it was very blatant that as soon as Banks was gone, that Belair was going to be pinning all three of those people. The good news is it happened relatively quickly, and the final person who did it to was like a a relatively new kind of rookie to the main event to the, the main roster getting like a strong moment that's that's perfectly fine the way they did that was perfectly fine i guess but the the yeah i want to say it's down to pacing because the before bit was just way too slow for the the show that already had pacing problems and i think because uh, I was already taken out all I can definitely say is I was taken out by the battle royal and I didn't get reinvested to a level by anything until the main event. So the next two matches just did nothing for me. And the main event didn't wake me up either. I thought I'd love it because I'm so high normally on the range main events. Even others haven't massively enjoyed them. I'm normally pretty high on them. Again, the end ending was BS, but I enjoyed the rest of the match. Here, with this range match, it never really woke me back up. And I'm pretty certain that's just because the rest of the show had such poor pacing that I was just yeah, I've just gone. <laughs> it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. But again, show itself. It's a weirdly mixed bag. Because I cannot recommend Flair versus Lynch enough. I'm really high on that match. Absolutely loved it. I don't think there's a fault there. 20 minutes, that absolutely flew by. Can't praise it enough. Men survived these matches. May may not agree with all the decisions, but it kept that good, those good vibes, and then the vibes just died. <laughs> yeah, skip the Battle Royal. Arco over the Us- Usos didn't feel like it mattered. And neither did the Women's Survivor Series match. And then the main event felt like it mattered. And it probably is a more decent match when you've not watched the show with Paul Pacing until that point. But yeah, yeah, not the best. (laughs) It's weird. And the biggest crime throughout the whole show, the one that gave me the biggest laugh, it's just that whole thing of the whole show building up how great The Rock is. And it's got the whole thing with the golden egg. (laughs) Uh, the rock's not there it's brilliant absolutely brilliant (laughs) just that's that's just just it's just kind of like a show basic surely because again because you control everything what you do is you just don't make the show about the rock if he's not going to be there (laughs) he just you have the survivor series show uh, which stands up on its own because a lot of the rock stuff was kind of inserted over the top of it like all of the things from Red Notice, all of the, the rock being a part of the Battle Royal name part of it. You can do everything on this show exactly the same without any rock stuff and it's still the same show. However, because they did the rock stuff, they've built up an expectation. All you need to do to fix it is just not build up expectation. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh dear. Well, I'm going to go to bed. It is like quarter to six in the morning so anyway that is the end of my Survivor Series show what review what did you make of it I'm mixed I don't know what score to give it at all because I really enjoyed the opening match and slowly just did less and less it's an odd one I really don't know I I, I will say I find it funny <laughs> my ending thing was to have a good laugh but I generally like in a non-funny way I generally really enjoy the opener uh, so yeah there's that so anyway, I'll be back. Ugh, don't know if I'm doing the raw review. I'll definitely be back for the AW Dynamite review on Thursday. I'm not 100 percent on raw, but that's when I'm uh, yeah, that's when I'm definitely in. And pay per view wise, I've now got a nice clean run until uh, I doubt I can do first day. It's on New Year's Day. <laughs> like uh, you've not caught me at a good time. <laughs> Weirdly, might be a bit busy. It's New Year's Day. Uh, but still, I... Yeah, there's Royal Rumble coming up. I've, I, I'm personally a big fan of there being like no TLC in December. Because it kind of feels like a carry-through pay-per-view anyway. And you can use First Day to do, do like a big kind of launching into the new year. to be Because when they did New Year's Revolution back in the day, that also kind of worked to kind of... Like your final WWE offering before the new year. Compared to this one, which... Or oh, no, was it early January? I can't remember. <laughs> Just kicking off the new year with First Day. Um, I'm for the idea. I like it. Also... That means we're also shifting to Saturday pay-per-views as well, which is great for me, which means that obviously doesn't hit, hit the work week <laughs> as strongly. He's <laughs> got a day to recover. So like, all the applause for that. It makes so much sense for it to be on a Saturday, and AEW starting that and WWE following suit. So I'm all, I'm all for WWE moving to a Saturday for pay-per-views. Yeah. As far as I know, the only problem may be clashes with UFC, and I think that's less of a problem for WWE than it would be for AEW. Um so they can kind of possibly stick to their dates. Yeah, things like Royal yeah. Rumble and WrestleMania, they can hold their own. So yeah, looking forward to these Saturday night stuff. Ooh. Anyway, with that, what did you make of Survivor Series? Were you as high as I was on certain parts? Were you as low as I was on certain parts? What did you make of the main event? Did The Rock not being there mean anything? Were you fine with that? Did it did it have any effect on you at all? Or like me, well, I wouldn't say it affected my kind of overall reviewing on the show. I would say it made me laugh because I'm like ah, of course of course WWE <laughs> when the comparisons to how AEW were hyping up CM Punk were brought out to how they were hyping um, praising The Rock on this show uh, and I was just like yeah I trust WWE have got The Rock here yeah I'm fine with that yeah this show feels like they are telling me they've got The Rock here and then it's like oh wait no they actually haven't then <laughs> why did they do the rest of the stuff <laughs> uh, anyway with that, I say thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form in any manner. Always appreciate it, never taking for granted. You can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat, that's damn and damn. Also over on Twitter at the implications to S's. Then there's the Wrestling Headlights the site we're doing this for as well. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Russell Headlines that's wrestle without an E. And also on Facebook at the wrestling Headlines Facebook page to get all your latest wrestling news. So with that, I'll bid with you. Adios.